Good evening. Starting Perik Vav. And today we are going to um, we're going to go into counterintelligence. 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 Today we are going to learn about the psychology of the enemy. In the words of the Pasuk, if you, want to, if you want to know how to deal with the enemy, we have to know who the enemy is. No, isn't there like something? Know thy enemy? Know thy enemy. I was focusing in Israeli army. I said the intelligence. So I know what you're talking about. You have to know the enemy. Oh, yeah. So we're going to learn about the enemy today. We're going to learn about the Nefshah Bahamas. Till now, we've talked about the Nefshah Shalikis. We gave the Nefshah Bahamas um, very brief mention in Perik Aleph where we spoke about the fact that Every Yid has a Nefshah Bahamis. The Nefshah Bahamis comes from Klipa. We spoke there a little about the difference between the Nefshah Bahamis of a Yid and the Nefshah Bahamis of a Goy. But the Nefshah Bahamis of a Yid comes from somewhat of a higher level of Klipa, what's called Klipas Neiga. Whereas the Nefshah Bahamis of a Goy comes from a lower level of Klipa, which is what is known in Kabbalah as Gimel Klipas Atmeis, um, the three impure Klipas. And as we go through this chapter and the next. In Tanya, we're going to learn more in depth exactly what, what is the difference between these two levels of klipa. But, why, um, why, why do you call it a klipa? Why is it, uh, why is it called a klipa? I don't see what's the... We, we, will, we, will, find that, we will find that out today, why it's called a klipa. I thought it's an entity for itself. In great depth. There are two separate entities, correct. So klipa means it's part of, part of an entity, well, one entity. You're asking that a klipa means a shell, a husk. Yeah, a husk on a, on a cover. Husk. Cover. Yeah. cover. So that would seem to imply that it's a, a shell or a husk over the nefesh halikis, which makes it one entity. But that's not, that's not correct, and we'll, we're going to be learning about that today. Um, <laughs> so after we made brief mention of the nefesh Bahamas. We went into depth into the Nefesh Shalikis. We spoke about what it is, godliness, what its essential components are, Seichel and Midas, intellect and emotion, and how it expresses itself, its garments, which are Machshava, Dibur, Maisa, which are thought, speech, and action. And now, Perik Vav, let's begin. This is a pasuk from Shleimah Malach, where he says that Hashem created... One opposite the other, which means that kedusha and klipa, holiness and unholiness, parallel each other. And the reason why Hashem did so is because He wanted the battle to be an even battle. And um, if kedusha possessed one, if kedusha possessed a certain attribute or quality or faculty which klipa didn't have, then the, the the battle, at least in that area, would be uneven. So, for example, let's say kedusha had seichel had intellect, and Klippa didn't. So then in that area of Seichel, there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a battle. Kedusha would be the default winner. It's like, you know, sometimes when you have uh, elections, so you ever hear there's, this candidate ran unopposed. So Hashem didn't want that any part of the, of the Nefesh Elikis should run unopposed. And obviously the same is true the opposite way around. Hashem obviously did not want to give anything to, uh, to the other side, to the Nefesh Bahamas, to Klippa, which would allow it to run unopposed against the Nefesh Shalikis, that certainly wouldn't be fair and wouldn't be according to Hashem's objective. So therefore, the rule is which means every, every quality of Kedusha has a corresponding quality in Klippa. Not so the Krovin. Krovin both of them was uh, 
Okay, so if you had both of them in Kedusha, that means that there's some sort of corresponding Makruvim um, in Klippa. Now what that is, I don't know. But whatever there is in Kedusha, there is corresponding to that, there is something else in Klippa. We always have that in every area. So therefore, our job in describing the Nefshah Bahamas is going to be a little easier because it's almost as simple as saying everything we learned about the Nefesh Alakis, it's the opposite. So if the Nefesh Alakis has Seichel, the Nefshah Bahamas has Seichel. If the Nefesh Alakis has Midas, has emotions, the Nefesh Bahamas has emotions. If the Nefesh Alakis has love for Hashem, the Nefesh Bahamas has a corresponding love for other things. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fear. If the Nefesh Alakis had the capacity, love is very important to us. If, we could, if the only love we had was for Hashem or for a fellow Yid, and we didn't have any other uh, illegitimate loves, then we'd all be loving Hashem because that's. Uh, and if there is fear of Hashem, so there are many things in this world that we fear also. And if there's machshava dibur ma'isa of the nefesh alikis, thought, speech, and action of the godly soul, the same is also true of the animal soul. So therefore, the description of the faculties of the nefesh Bahamas will actually be shorter and briefer than what we learned earlier because it's pretty much the same. And in fact, the things that the Alter Rebbe now is going to highlight in the brief description are going to be more the areas of difference. As we will see in a moment, there are a few areas of difference. Let's look inside. Perik Vav, again. The first line of chapter six. Because just like the Nefesh Alikis includes within it ten holy spheres, ten holy faculties. And it expresses itself through the three holy garments of Machshava Dibar Maisa of Tayra Mitzvahs. Kach, the same thing. Hanefesh de Sitra Achra, the Nefesh of the opposite of Kedusha, the Nefesh of what we call Klipa. And the word in Kabbalah that's used is Sitra Achra, which means the other side. And why we use the word Sitra Achra to describe it? It's almost like we're not giving it any legitimacy. It's not defined by what it is, but it's defined by what it isn't. We'll get into that also later on in this Perik. We're going to define today both what it means Sitra Achra as well as Klipa. Sitra means side, Achra the other. So Sitra Achra means the other side. So it's being defined not by what it is, but by what it isn't. It's not Kedusha. So the same thing is the, the Nefesh Bahamas, which is from the Sitra Achra, Miklipa Snoiga, which is from the Klipa Snoiga, again, a, a term which we'll be defining as uh, as the Perik. Actually, this is a, a term we'll be defining in the beginning of next Perik. Um, klipa Snoiga is a certain level of Klipa. Hamlubeshes bedam. So this uh, this nefesh abahamis, which as mentioned in Perik Aleph, is in the blood of a person and gives the person life. Bedama adam in the blood of a, per- a person. So it also is kulula. The nefesh abahamis is composed mi eser kisrin demisavusa of ten unholy faculties of ten unholy traits. Misavusa means um, impurity, and kisrin means crowns. And this is the Kabbalistic term for the ten uh, 
we don't say we don't speak this way about the nefshel kis. The nefshel kis is um, called the ten koyches, the ten powers, or the ten spheres. By Nefshel Bahamas, we talk about kishten crowns. We have ten crowns of unholiness, and the reason why they're called crowns. I'm sorry, but to keep on deferring. We'll also find it out later on today, or at the very least next week. Shehain, what are these ten faculties of the Nefesh of Bahamas? Sheva Midas Rois, the seven evil emotions, emotional uh, character traits. Habois, which they call me Arba Yesoides Roim Hanal, from the seven, uh, sorry, from the four um, bad uh, elements. Again, this is what we talked about in Perik Aleph, that just like everything physical, is constituted of four elements. So the physical is a reflection of the spiritual. There are also four spiritual elements, fire, water, earth, and uh, and wind. So the, the, the Nefesh Abrahamis is, com- is composed of these four evil character traits, which were described in the end of the first chapter. V'seichol hamelidon. So the seven uh, emotional characters, V'seichol hamelidon, and the intellect which gives birth to them. The intellect of the Nefesh Bahamas is also divided into three. And they are Chachma, Bina, Vedas, Makar, Hamidais, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which they are the source of the Midas. Now, what's interesting to note over here, I don't know how many of you remember the way it was described in chapter three when we're talking about the division by the Nefesh Alekis. But over there, it spoke first about the intellectual faculties, Chachma, Bina, and Das. And then it spoke about how the intellectual faculties, they spawn the emotions. And over here, the Alter Rebbe reverses it. He talks first about the seven emotional uh, traits of the Nefesh of the Nefesh Bahamis. And um, then he talks about the Seichel, Hamilidon, the Seichel that gives birth to them. And what is, the, what is the reason for this change? And the reason is a very important reason. The essence of the Nefesh is intellect. The essence of the Nefesh Bahamis is emotions. And even though the, we're saying here that by the Nefesh Bahamas, the source of the emotions of the Nefesh Bahamas is Seichel, is intellect, but that's actually works in a different way than it is by the Nefesh Alekis. Very simply, if I want to develop a love for Hashem or a fear for Hashem, it's not something which is natural to me. And the way to develop them is through my Seichel, is through my intellect. When I think into Hashem's greatness, so automatically... As the Rambam says, as we learned earlier in, in, uh, in Tanya, automatically, when I contemplate Hashem's greatness, when I use my seichel, so that's how I develop midas, I develop emotions, love for Hashem and fear of Hashem. My love for ice cream, on the other hand, wasn't developed by me contemplating the greatness of ice cream. The love is a given, right? The midas of the Nefesh Abhamis exist, even without seichel. The emotions, the feelings of the Nefesh of Bahamas, they exist. And why is that? As we already know, the Nefesh of Bahamas is defined as, if you had to put it in one word, how would you define the Nefesh of Bahamas? Ego, very good. Bingo. Ego. The materialism, the animalism come from ego. It's correct, but if the one most precise word would be ego. Ego means that it, one second, we'll get there in a second. 
ego. Well, in in Hebrew, the word the word in Chassidus Chabad that's used is yeshus. Yeshus. Yeshus means the quality, the state of being, my identity, me. It's all about it's all about self-interest. That's the Nefesh Bahamas. It wants what feels good for itself. It wants pleasure. Self-interest, exactly. That would be an ego, self-interest, those both work. Ego is just less letters. Yes. Right. If I didn't care about me, I couldn't care about anybody else or my creator or anything like that. Really? What's the opposite of yeshus? What's the opposite of ego and self-interest? I hear. I'm responding to you. I'm responding to you. I'm asking you a question. In Jewish fashion, I'm answering with a question. What is the opposite of self-interest? Sorry. Akshanus, vatranus. Okay, that is true. Vatranus would mean um, the word. Forbearing. In Chsidus, the word would be bitl. Bitl. Which means a lack of ego, which means subjugation and subservience to Hashem. Although, you, in terms of um, human relations, Vatranus would be correct. In terms of my relationship with Hashem, the word would be bitl to Hashem. If someone has bitl, would they have a love for another person? They wouldn't. Okay, so this is an argument. This is an argument we can have when we get to chapter thirty-two of Tanya, where the Alter Rebbe is going to talk, and and he's going to state. But this is much later in Tanya. The essence of Avas Yisrael is bittel. If you can't, you don't have bittel. You don't have Avas Yisrael. So what's the connection? Chapter thirty-two. This is really a little tangential. Yeah. And uh, and he wants the best for me and for you and for everybody else, right? So I'm levatel my rotsin to his uh, to his rotsin. So that because but I want to do that and I want to stand up for Hashem. If if, if I was nothing, if I'm going to say uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, right? So why do I have to stand up for for, for my fellow man or fe- fellow Jew or for or for Hashem? Or 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 Avodas Hashem. It 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 all has to start with. Um, it says that um, So I ask somebody, uh, is, is it a mitzvah to, to, to love yourself? No. I says it says Okay, this this is a tangent. I a hundred percent disagree with what you're saying. And um, means something else entirely. Self-love inhibits Avas Yisrael. It doesn't aid Avas Yisrael. Because when I love myself, by definition, I'm going to love someone else less. But this is for much later. I'll just suffice by saying that the greatest lover, uh, Baal Chesed, was Avram Avinu, who said in himself, and for some reason that didn't uh, impede his ability to be able to do ultimate chesed. But it's really not the topic of discussion. Obviously, Israel is not the topic. We'll get to it another day. When Periklamet Bay is, and then we can have this larger discussion. But um, there's a certain mahalach. But based on Tanya, what Dr. Rebbe says, that's definitely not the way Dr. Rebbe views it. But, but that's a discussion we'll have another day. When Abraham Avinu said, Ani Afar Vareker, it was bitl. Absolute bitl, right. 
right? Correct. So the, the difference between the Nefesh Alakis and the Nefesh Bahamas is the Nefesh Alakis is about Bitful and the Nefesh Bahamas is about Yeshus. Of Midas and Seichel, which one is Bitful and which one is Yeshus? Between the two of them. Emotions and intellect, which one is more, is more uh, egotistical? Sorry, Midas. The definition of emotions is me. An emotion can't exist without me. There's no such thing as um, an abstract emotion, an emotion that just exists. An idea can be abstract. Two plus two equals four exists. Even if there's no people in this world to understand it, it's a fact. It's a truth. It's an abstract, independent truth. Midas, if there's no one to love, then there isn't love. Love means I love you. I fear you. I have this feeling about you. I want all midas is essentially about me. Emotions is essentially about me, which is why midas is at the core of the nefesh Bahamas. It's the definition of the nefesh Bahamas. Sorry, sure does not in a complex, sophisticated way, but the self sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But in an unconscious way. In other words, it's not a weir of it's not a weir of its own yeshes. It's in it's it's in an unconscious way. It's not aware of its own yeshes. It doesn't have that ability. But that's uh, everything has its own yeah. No, it's not if it's bishvili, then it's bishviloi also. If there is no bishviloi, then the whole then you're nothing. The reason why the world is created for you is because Hashem chose you and gave you Torah mitzvah. It's all about Hashem. It's not about you. And yeah, you have a whole sugya mesachta saita what a balgaiva that Hashem says I can't be together balgaiva. Well, in other words, if your ego it's about yourself, then you have no no connection to kedusha. This is going to be very elemental to what we're talking about in this chapter. Ego is klipa. That's what we're going to find out. Your ego pushes Hashem away. That's very simple. The more the more bottle you are, the more relationship you have with Hashem. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. First of all, that's a first of all that's a in the Gemara. That's one opinion. That's not there's another that there's another opinion right there in the Gemara that says that mizuta lahu is is no have absolutely none of it. Is it the small by you what it says to Yavas Hashem that this is something which is abominable to Hashem, right? So that's number one. And number two, even the one that does say it, presumably, presumably, it's talking about a certain way of behavior, which means that even though that you're a person who has bittel, but you also you have to if you, if you're going to act like a shmata. Right. Right. And even Authority. that is Hashem, which is that you have a certain there's you know, you have to have respect for the Torah within you. But that's that's all comes from your bitl Tashem. That's not 
I have a little ego, that's fine. My bitl for Hashem also demands that I should stand up for myself also a little. That's... Um, what do you say about self-image? If you have total, total bitl, you don't have any self-image. You have, the great, you ha- you have the greatest self-image. You have the greatest self-image and the most powerful self-image that there is because when you are you, you're nothing. Let's be honest. If your image is you, then you're a speck. You're a little piece of dust in the, in the, in the cosmos. In the, in, but when you're, when you're battle to the Ebrister, Eved Melech Melech, you're the king. Your, your identity is the identity of the Ebrister. Okay. That was a statement more? I, mean, I accept. Statement. Good. Uh, that was my, why I said this. I think, you know, we, we can go into the, to these abstractions and we all understand very, very simply. Midas is me. What I want, it's all about me. And we all understand that's Klippa. I want, I like, I need. Kedusha is about what Hashem wants and Hashem needs. A person's focused is bitl. What is Hashem? What does Hashem want from me today? That's Kedusha. An attitude I wake up in the morning. What do I want? Uh, so we can agree on that? Correct. Everything is from Hashem and bitl Hashem. So the Nefesh Bahamas, the core of the Nefesh Bahamas is in Midas. The core of the Nefesh Lakis, because the Nefesh Lakis is Bittal, is in Seichel. Because Seichel, are the ability, you know, you're talking about the difference between us and an animal. An animal doesn't have the ability to think outside of itself, to think abstract, or to think, to do something which is good for someone else and not good for himself. The animal is incapable of doing that. The animal is trapped in its sense of ego. The human being, because of its seichel, it has the ability to be altruistic, the human being. That's all, that's all the capacity of seichel, which is bitl. The nefshalikis starts with seichel. And even the midas of the nefshalikis are completely created by and spawned from the seichel. So even the midas also are bitl dika midas, are midas that are, that are characterized by submission to Hashem as opposed to ego. Nefshalikis, it starts off as midas. So what is the function of the seichel? Of the Nefshah Bahamas. If the Nefshah Bahamas is all about ego, what is the function of Seichel? So, uh, on one hand, you know, the simple answer of that is one thing that Seichel does for the Nefshah Bahamas is. Uh, I, there you go. I wasn't even thinking of saying that, but you're absolutely correct. The Seichel of the Nefshah Bahamas justifies this behavior. And that's not a Bittledika Seichel. That's an egotistical Seichel. Egotist- because it's a Seichel which comes from the Midas, not the other way around. Um, another function of the Seichel and Nefshah Bahamas is, I want the ice cream. How am I getting it? Planning, After fi- planning right? But that's another Seichel also, which is a result of the Midas. So the Nefshah Bahamas, but there's also the notion, you notice over here, it does say, Seichel Hamilidon, that the Seichel gives birth to the Midas also by the Nefshah Bahamas. What does that mean? So I'm going to explain inside, and I'll say it outside first. 
by nefesh by the nefesh Bahamas, the midas always exist, but they're still fashioned and formed by the seichel. Meaning to say that. Meaning to say. The Alter Rebbe is going to say, bring an example. You can't compare the midas of a five-year-old to the midas of a twenty-five-year-old. Hopefully. What is, the, what is the wants, the desires, the loves, and the fear of a small child? And what is, uh, as a person grows up and matures? Um, but it's all, the sel- selfish is there all through. Because the selfish is the essence of what midas are. I want, I desire. But the nature of that selfish, is it going to be a candy? Is it going to be ice cream? Is it going to be, a few years later, a toy train? A few years later, a nice car. A few years later, prestige and honor. A few years later, it might be a classy uh, opera, which is very sophisticated. So here is how, when the person's mind grows, the midas grow with it. So yes, the midas are, even by the Nefshah Bahamas, the midas are a product of the seichel, but not that the seichel creates the midas. The midas are always there. Even by a, a one-day-old child, the midas are there. I want to eat. Right? The Midas are always there. But the fashioning of the Midas, even by the Nefshah Bahamas, is from the Seichel. It determines the, the nature of the Midas, the nature of the selfishness, is based on what it understands. So what we have over here is, like I said earlier, that in general we say Zelu Umaza. The Nefshah, the Nefshah Bahamas, are opposites one from another. Um, however, there are, there are slight differences, and this is one of the differences. One of the differences is that the nefesh alikis, what it's all about is seichel. So they both, there's seichel and midas by both. But the relationship between the seichel and midas is different. By the nefesh of Bahamas, the main thing is the midas. The seichel either is a tool which the midas uses, as you said, to justify or a means how to get what it wants. Um, either it's a tool or it is a, a mechanism which fashions the nature of what the midas are. But the essence and core of the Nefshah Bahamas is Midas. And let's do this inside. Five lines from the bottom of the page. The Midas are according to the Seichel. A young child desires and, uh, and loves small things, which aren't very valuable. Why? Because the, his mind is small. The katzer and too immature lahasik to understand dvarim yikarim yisramam things that are more valuable. Vechein and similarly meskayis who meskatsef a child will get angry midvarim kitanim from small things insignificant things. Vechein be spirus and the same thing is when it comes to uh, the things that are small. We we spoke about chesed what it, what it enjoys, what it likes and gvura that which it fears. And now teferas, teferas also is related to his spirus, which means what it boasts. That which a uh, a child boasts about is not the same thing that an adult boasts about. That's the midas. Veshar midas and all the other midas also. So what do we have over here? We have here the basic mivne, the basic um, composition of the nefesh Bahamas is the same as the nefesh Three intellectual faculties seven emotional faculties, although the relationship between them differs slightly. And now we move on. These ten impure faculties, 
Now we're moving to the levushim, to the garments, to the expressions, when a person thinks about them. When a person thinks about the, the thoughts and desires of the nefesh abahamis. Or speaks them. Or does them. At that moment, the thoughts in your mind, the words in the person's mouth, and the actions in his hands, and all other limbs, they are at the moment garments, impure garments, for these ten impure faculties, that invest themselves in them, when the person is thinking, speaking, or acting. In other words, just as we learned earlier about the Nefshalakis, that the Nefshalakis has um, intellect and emotions. And these intellect and emotions, how do they express themselves practically? Through Machshava Dibar Maisa. And when the intellect and emotions are invested in and express themselves through the Machshava Dibar Maisa, at that moment, the entirety of the person is holy. The same is true the other way around. When the intellect and the emotions of the Nefshah Bahamis, when a person uses to th- them to think about them and to speak about them and act upon these things, then the entirety of the person at this moment is um, a vehicle for klipa and for the unholiness of the Nefshah Bahamis. We explained that the Machshavad, what are the Machshavad Dibar Maisa of the Nefesh Alikis? Torah mitzvahs. When a person thinks Torah, speaks Torah, does mitzvahs, what are the levushim of the Nefshah Bahamas? What would you think? Gashmias. Very good. Inside. I thought, to, I, I was expecting a different answer. Averis. You did well. Ah, that's what I was expecting. Averis. I was looking at you, I didn't say that because I knew it's not the right answer. Ah. <laughs> no, it's not. Yours is the better answer. <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. I let them say it. Inside. <clears throat> The Hain Haim, what are the Machshava Dibir Maisa of the Nefshah Bahamas? They are Kol Hamaisim Masher Nasim Tachas Hashemesh. All the actions, to paraphrase Shlema Malach, that are done under the sun. Everything that we do. Asher Hakoyl Hevel, they're all nothingness. Vanity, as Shlema Malach says. Ureus Ruach. Ureus Ruach means a breaking of the spirit. Ukameshikasov Bezayar. So the, the literal meaning of Ureus Ruach in the Pasuk. The Mitzudah say that it means that uh, it breaks the spirit of the person. But in Zaira says in Bashalach, Shem Teviru Derucha, they break the spirit of holiness. All these actions of Klipa break the spirit of holiness. Cholu. Vechein and the same thing is Kol Hadiburim Bechala Machshavis, all the speech and all the thoughts. Asher Leila Hashem Hema. Not that they're bad, but they're not devoted to Hashem. They're not there to further Hashem's will and for and to the, for the purpose of serving Hashem. These are all the garments, the machshava dibar ma'isa of the nefesh of Bahamas. It's not an avera yet. You didn't mention one avera. Not avera at all. V'zehu shazehu pirush lashon sitter achra. This is the meaning of the word sitter achra. Pirush meaning what is klipa? Anything that is sad achra on the other side she'ene tzad akedusha. This is a, 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 a all-encompassing rule. There is kedusha, and there's everything else, and everything else is automatically sitra achra the other side. There is no such thing as neutral. At any given moment, 
I'm expressing either my nefesh which means I'm doing Torah mitzvahs or doing something in the service of Hashem. It could be also, as we'll find out, eating, sleeping, or all those things. But if it's part of my service of Hashem, if I'm not serving Hashem, then that at that moment I'm expressing what? I'm expressing my ego, my self-interest, what I want. That is my nefesh Bahamas. Yes. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different context. We're talking. We're not talking here about individuals. We're talking about actions. Every act that a person does is holy or unholy. You're talking about an individual that can be a composite of many acts, right? Yes. Service of Hashem or not? Yeah. What is the definition of Kaddish? You're, you're doing good today because that's exactly what we're going to talk about. If we're saying over here that the Sitra Akhra means anything which is the opposite side of Kedusha, anything which isn't Kedusha, so it behooves us because if we're not, we're not defining Sitra Akhra, we're saying the definition of Sitra Akhra is anything which isn't Kaddish. So what is Kedusha? And the simple, but what we're, we're gonna sitra and klipa are both the same thing, but those two words convey two different ideas, and that's what we're gonna talk about. We're talking about kedusha, klipa, sitra and That's gonna be the topic of our discussion. The best word that we have for kedusha, for holiness, because holiness is a it's a difficult word. What does that mean? It's something which you know one of the things. Well, I recognize when I see it, but how do you define the word holy? Separated. Separated. From? <laughs> You're right. It, that, that is the root of the word. Yes. Kedesha. Correct. You're right. Something which is holy means it's separated from the ego of the world. Everything in this world is defined by its identity. Everything in the world is defined by its identity. Something which is separated from that, which is Kaddish, the best translation for the word Kaddish, it's not a literal translation, is transparent. Meaning to say as follows. We mentioned earlier, the rule, I am created to serve Hashem. And it's not only me as a human being, but we know that that everything that Hashem created in His world, He only created to increase His honor. Everything without exception. Every single thing that we see in this world, and when we're talking about everything, we're not only talking about every entity, but also every action. Every, uh, the concept of shopping, the concept of eating. In other words, we're talking about everything that was created, including the ideas, was created in order to increase the greatness of Hashem. And when we look into that, that's our success. And that is, that is the essence of everything. Everything, what is its essence? What is its neshama? Is its godly purpose. And what is its purpose? Is to increase the glory of Hashem. So what, what is this? It's, it's something to be served in the service of Hashem. It really is Hashem. That that's what it is. It's not that it's Hashem. I didn't mean that in that way. But it's it, it's it doesn't its identity is secondary 
to its primary purpose, which is it's meant to serve Hashem. But when we look at this, what do you see? See a watch? It's not transparent to what it really is. There is a klipa. There is a shell which doesn't allow us to see it for what it really is. If we were able to look at the world and perceive everything, we'd look at everything and we see it for what it really is. What does it mean that something is holy? Something is holy means that when you look at it, you don't see it. You see its true function which is serving Hashem. And that's true in terms of a behavior, of an act. That's true in terms of an object. And that's true in terms of, in terms of a person. So let's take an, an object, for example. This, you look at it, you see a watch. You don't think of Hashem when you look at this. How about when you look at this? What, when I see this, it's paper, it's ink. Yeah, but what is this? I see that it's fulfilling its function. It's transparent to what it really is. And that's why this, I'm allowed to throw in the garbage, other than Baltashchis, but that's a separate, uh, separate issue. And this, I'm not. When I look at a Sefer Torah, when I look at, and, and the level of holiness is the level of identity, that it, the level of self-identity of klipa versus transparency that it has. Why, what, what makes a tzaddik holy? Because when you look at a tzaddik, you don't see the, the ego. You see a person who's serving Hashem transparent to what, he, what his or her purpose is all about. Yes? So what does it mean that Hashem is holy? So there, the word over there, Kedusha, obviously would have to have somewhat of a different connotation, which is separated from, the, from everything in this world. When we're talking about Kedusha within this world, that we're talking about something which is godly, something which, uh, which reflects the, the holiness of Hashem. Also has to show me what time to go to shul, what time to come to the shul. If I would not have the watch, I would not know to know. So, so, 100%. 100%. And that's why when I use this watch for the proper reason, I'm injecting, I'm taka infusing with kedusha. But it's not the same kedusha as this because, again, it's not as apparent. But yes, 100% what you're saying is correct. Because in essence, everything is that way. The question is, how obvious is that? An act. So the act of giving tzedakah, the act of doing a mitzvah, that action bespeaks my bitl tashem. That's a holy act. It could be lishma or lo lishma, but it's lo lishma, then it's... Then it's not as holy. There we go, because my ego is in there. The definition of kedusha: the more Hashem is obvious in there, the more kedusha. The more that that is covered up, but it's only an issue of covering up. There's nothing in this world that doesn't have divine destiny. It, it couldn't exist otherwise. Everything Hashem created has that. The question is, how thick is the shell? Is it like a grape? Very thin little uh, klipa sometimes? And sometimes it could be like an asterisk, like a watermelon, right? Right? Or better, a coconut, even better, right? You have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the difference is only in how, how, how much you have to you know, penetrate, but everything that Abister created, there's nothing that Abister created. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. That includes things that are, 
that that seem to be horrible and terrible and evil. That's only that only means that the klipa is very 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 thick, and that would be a you know another discussion for another time to discuss how all those things which seem to be so negative in this world how they too, um, but that doesn't negate the fact that kol masha barakadash baruch may everything that Hashem created. It was broy was created only to serve. Even the bad things. Even the bad things. The the worse the worse something is, the bigger klipa it is, and that I'll, I'll, the yitzhara. And what is that? And what did Hashem say when He created the yitzhara? Toiv miyod. Right. That's a Zalu Okay, but that's something we have to understand also what that means exactly. But the point over here is that now we understand both terms, Klipa and Sitra Akhra. Wait, what's the difference? Sitra Akhra is basically a definition of Klipa. Of, no, no, Klipa is a definition of Sitra Akhra. Describing well, Sitra Akhra tells us one thing. Sitra Akhra defines it and saying, you want to know what's what this is? Anything that you don't see the Kedusha on there is automatically in that category. What is it? It's klipa, it's a shell. Which, by the way, means to say, if you realize what the, the depth of this means, klipa is one big lie. It's one big lie. The job of klipa is to cover up the truth. It's not real. Exactly, it's not real, it's not deception. It doesn't really exist, it has nothing of its own. Its entire job is to deceive you. To show something for what it really isn't. There is what this is. The klipa is the lie of it. The truth of this is kedusha. The lie is klipa. If, if somebody sees a piece of gold and says this piece of gold can help me, so then it's covered up the. You're reinforcing that, the klipa. Uh, yes. What we're going to learn over not in this not in this chapter, but in the next chapter, what we're going to learn is our impact on the klipa of the world. That's what that's going to be in Peir Zion. How when we interact with things, we affect the klipa. We can make it stronger, we can make it weaker, we can rip away the klipa entirely. So for, in other words, for example, if I have, a, if, I, if there's, a, there's a tree growing in the forest, it's klipa. You don't see Hashem, right? It's klipa. What is this? Where did this come from? Tree. From a tree. So the human being has the ability to strip away the klipa of something. To one extent or another, but that's good, and that's going to be the topic, Mr. Shem, of uh, yeah, so of the next chapter. Yeah, so what? The the nefesh alakis, whose primary thing is chachma, is intellect. Yes. Strip the, the deception. Correct. Well, so our perception is not the klipa is not has sure. no real essence. Hundred percent. Hundred. That's and the. One person will see one thing, and another person will see something else of the same object. You could say that. I mean, obviously, everything is perception, but also there's, a, on the other level, when Hashem looks at the world, He doesn't see klipa. He sees the truth of everything. Everything, it's, we'll learn, this is later on in Tanya, in chapter 21, it says that, that uh, it's like a turtle. We look at a turtle, we see a shell. The turtle knows that the shell is part of it. It's not even, uh, what? It's a good part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is the Hebrew chapter. Hashem looks and sees Enoid Movade. There's nothing but him. But he made it in such a way that, that, that Klippa can lie to us. And we have, and it's our job, our life is to busy, is to, is to rip off Klippas. That's our job. 
we're peeling. We're always peeling and trying to, to uncover the Kedusha within everything. That's our job over here in this world. Why did Rabbi use the Sitra Achetz, Aramaic word? Why not Klippa? Klippa is good. Why Sitra Achetz? It's very strong words. It, it's telling us something very important. You want to know what you want to know what this is. Anything which isn't holy, when I when I say holy, what does that mean? Not, it doesn't have to be necessarily. Sifatayra is the apex of holiness. Anything where God is transparent, which is bottled to Hashem, that's holy. Anything that isn't, it's automatically on the other side. What is about what kind of God can't. Hester Panim is through Klippa, absolutely. You have to use seichu in order to, to, see to understand. You only can see the attributes of God. But it's not only about seeing. It's not. In other words, you said that it's not only. It's not all subjective. When I am doing a mitzvah, when I'm shaking a lul of an asrik, that is a holy act. Now, the fact that someone might not see that because someone doesn't might be thinking that it's a baseball bat and a and, and a football and doesn't because doesn't. But the act essentially is a holy act because this act is devoid of ego this is done for the abishter it's a holy act it's not all about it's not all about it's not all subjective a yid has the ability to talk a rip off that clipper in different ways but that's going to be more of the topic for the next period we're not we're not we're not there you're right right now we're talking about the definition of kedusha is bitl definition of kedusha is something which is transparent to hashem how do you become transparent to hashem when I say you, how does anything become transparent to Hashem? The less self-identity, the more transparent to Hashem. So bitl is the key to Kedusha. Less of me, more of him. More of me, less of him. Sitra Achra means that the ego was injected over here. So let's do inside. Vitzad Kedusha we're holding two, four, six, we're on nine lines from the top. Yeah, the first written line is Akhir. The definition of Kedusha, the side of Kedusha, is only something which is a receptacle for the holiness of Hashem. We're, what is a receptacle for Hashem? Where do we, we're, 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 what, what is transparent to Hashem? Something which is a bottle. Something which is uh, subjugated to Hashem. That's where Kedusha is. Something which allows, which is transparent to the inner truth. So what's an example of holiness? One example of holiness are angels. Because they are completely bottled to Hashem. When you look at an angel, what, do you, what is the word? Malach in Hebrew mean messenger. a messenger. That means that their identity is that they're their shluchim of Hashem, their messengers to do whatever Hashem wants. Their very identity is bitl Tashem. So therefore Malachim are holy. We call them holy. Why? Because they're bottle Tashem and therefore they're receptacle to Hashem's Kedusha. They are actually bottle. And they mikoyach. And then there are those who their bitl Tashem doesn't necessarily openly manifest itself, but it's always there in potential form. 
And what are we talking about? Like every single yid down here in this world. Every single yid has the potential to be completely bottled to Hashem. The Mesiras Nafshel Akedushas Hashem, and to even give up his life, Al Kiddush Hashem, which that is the ultimate bittul that there is, and every yid possesses the ability at any moment to do that. The fact that we don't do that is because we're not presented with the opportunity, Baruch Hashem. But every yid is willing to go on Mesiras Nafesh Al Kiddush Hashem, which shows that at the very core of who we are, we're bottled to Hashem. We have that uh, potential within us, and therefore. Therefore, Chazal tells us that even one person who's sitting and learning Torah, the Shechina is present. How can the Shechina be present when we know we're, we're, we're egotistical? How am I a receptacle for Kedusha? I'm learning Torah, so, but I'm an egotistical person. And the answer is because at the very core of who you are, you're not an egotistical person. At the very core you are, you're Batal Tashem. And therefore, when you learn Torah, you access that inner bittel which you have and therefore, at that moment, your zoichet, that the presence of Hashem is upon you. V'chol be'yasara, and that's also why when you have ten yidin together, how many yidin do we have here today? A little, right? Ten, eleven yidin over here. And that's an amazing thing. We talk about, uh, there's a big mila even in learning Torah with the ten yidin. Asara, shayishim, va'iskim, batayra. Ten people sitting. But the truth is that when there's a minion of yidin together, Sorry? So when there's a minion together, well, hold on one second. Even if they're not learning Torah. Why is that? The Shechina is where the ten Yidin. Because when you bring together ten Yidin, you have ten of these Neshamas and the Bittl, the inner core, that brings an incredible Gili Shechina. In fact, that the Alter Rebbe writes later on in Negar Sakaydash, he says that if a Malach were to be present when there are ten Yidin, even if they're not learning Torah at that moment, the malach would disappear in a puff of smoke. I'm paraphrasing. But it would become bitl. It, it would cease to exist because of the tremendous kedusha that is present when there's a minion of Yidin. Yes? What, on what is the meaning or what is the um, uh, essence of this number 10? Why 10? Why not 11? Why not 7? Why 10? That's a good question. Why 10? The number 10 represents Shlemus, represents completion. Um, that's why in Pirkei we have all these number 10s over there. 10, 10 this and 10 that. Because whenever you have the number 10, 10 represents the, a completion. For example, so when we say that Avram Avinu was tested 10 times, that means he was completely tested in every which way. Each test tested a different because since the world was created with 10 utterances, so therefore the world was created in a way that 10 becomes the perfect number. And by the way, where do the 10, num where do the ten utterances come from? From the Asaras Adibris. Because the Torah is the blueprint of the world, and the Torah is in 10, so therefore the world is created in 10, and therefore the number 10 represents a complete number. So why is the world being created in 7 days? It's a great question. That's a Shiloh why the Limus from the Meraglam. That's a very good question. And it's a very deep Kabbalah, the answers to this question. In short, the reason why the world was created in seven days 
it has a little it, it has a little to do with what we talked about which means well, so far we've talked to, and sometimes by the way in Kabbalah you'll find it says that the world was created by Sphira Samalchus alone Sphira Samalchus so sometimes we talk about the world being created by Sphira Samalchus sometimes we talk about the, the way the world is created with seven spheres, the seven days and sometimes we say about Saram with ten utterances so which is it? is it the ten spheres? is it the seven middays? Or is it Malchus? So let's take a look at ourselves for a second. When we create something, when I do something, in other words, when I when I act, when I, I create a, um, whatever it may be, it doesn't have to be creation, whenever I act, the Eberster, creation was an act that he did. Where does that come from? So we already know that it comes from my Midas. Where does my Midas come from? It's from my Seichel. So we have here three different stages. You have Seichel, Midas, and then you have the Machshava de Bermaisa. Three different stages. What is the difference between them? In the world of Seichel, when I'm sitting, when I have Seichel, when I'm sitting and thinking, no one else exists. I could making plans. Where does the other person begin when I have Midas, when I have a feeling towards someone else? That's when you become, you are born within me. In my heart, you exist. In my seichel, it's all abstract. But then ultimately, in midas, you exist within me. When do you actually experience? When do I actually do something? With that, it has to be maisa. So the same thing is, there are three stages in creation. There's Hashem seichel. And in the seichel, that's Hashem as he is for himself, before he starts relating to us. Midas is where he begins relating to us on our terms. And then actual creation is Misa, which is Malchus. So therefore, when we're talking about how much of Hashem is invested in the world, really it's ten spheres. How much of it, however, when Hashem comes down to our terms, that's only the seven spheres. And the actual creation happened through Malchus, which is Misa. Uh, we could we could have a whole shear just on that. This is a very um, so, abstract idea. But they're all true. In other words, depending on the level of investment in the world, it's all true. On the one hand, there's ten spheres, but in a more practical sense, more invested in the world on its terms and relating to the world actually in its terms is just a midas. And that, but however, all that is still as it is within Hashem. Actual creation is malchus, which is the maisa. So how about we get to number seven? The actual creation. Seven are the midas and malchus. Right. Seven midas. Rabbi, we say that ten men sitting together how about women? That's a great question. First of all, so first of all, <laughs> it's an interesting question whether ten women can make a minion or not. And this is, um, it's not so simple. Meaning that women can't make a minion for tefillah because they're not mechuyiv in tefillah b'tzibur. How about if you have something which women are mechuyiv in? And there are examples. An example is mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, which needs a minion. Another example is birchas hagoimel. There are actually opinions that women, ten women, will make a minion. So it's not so simple to say. It's a machlokes amongst the poskim. So, but the first thing we have to understand is there are opinions that that the concept of minion could apply to women and those in Yanam which they're mechuyiv However, most of the things which we don't count women in, 
is because they're not mechuyiv, so they don't count. For example, an oinon, someone who loses a, a relative, can't be um, can't be counted for a minion either. Why? A man, he's not mechuyiv in tavening right now. So there's a concept that if you're not mechuyiv in something, you can't be counted for a minion even if you're a man. So is the reason why women can't make a minion because they're not mechuyiv? In which case, if a mitzvah they are mechuyiv and they could be a minion, so that's a, that's that's and issues dealt with. Sorry, Rashi, this has nothing Rashi to do. If you li- if you're righteous. listening to what I'm saying, this has nothing to do with righteousness. The question is, are they mechuyiv in that mitzvah or not? But there's another way of looking at it also, which is the whole idea of hashras hashchina is more of a masculine thing, for whatever reason. Women are more into women are more about the the etzam, which is higher than gilui. But that's a topic which is really, uh, even though we've already went off on tangents of here in this class today more than usual, but that's taking it to a whole new level altogether. <clears throat> so the point we're trying to bring out of here, why why are Yidin a receptacle for holiness, for Kedusha? Even if you look at a Yidin and say, oh my gosh, we have a minion over here together, we're all stuck in our own ego. And even if we're not learning Torah at the moment, the Shechina Shruya, because in the essence of Yid is holy, because the essence of the Yid is Batul Hashem. And by the way, that's why. Batrebbe screams about this and later on in the Geras HaKed, the Simen Chav Gimel. When people come to Ashol, when there's a minion there, when, the pe- when there's a minion present, and when the people are speaking Dvar and Betelem, and people are just uh, not being respectful, the incredible Avera this is, the Shechina is here. The Shechina is here. You're disrespecting the Shechina. When ten Yidin are together, you have to be aware. Of, of, of what's going on and not to, not to you know when you come to shul even if it's before davening begins so besides the fact that it's a makim kaddish the fact that it's a shul when a minion of yidin come together and if a yidin come together and they're, they're not learning together and they're doing something wrong it's the biggest bizarre it's the biggest uh, disgrace for the shechina that there can be understanding and when you understand what's going on with that okay and we'll, we'll stop over here and we'll continue Mirza Shem next week. But uh, I think today we got basic definition of Kiddusha, Klipa, and Sitar Achra, which is also useful in our own lives. We have to know our job in our life is to be Kaddish, to be holy, to be transparent to Hashem, and not Chas V'Shalom, the opposite.